Hey everyone, Latina Barbie here. Why did I start this podcast? Because I'm too lazy to write a book. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Hey everyone, Latina Barbie here. So before I start today's episode, I completely forgot. I wanted to say thank you to everybody. Um, It's a really special thank you to everybody because as I was doing my research to start this podcast, I swear like nine out of 10 people or other podcasters or people who have stopped podcasting, they literally said that they stopped after their seventh episode or wait, maybe they didn't make it to their seventh episode. So in true Latino Barbie fashion, what I did was I recorded episode six, seven, and eight pretty much like in one day because I wanted to make sure that I hit and was over my seventh episode. So technically today is my ninth episode, which I'm really excited and proud about. I wanna also thank everybody who has text messaged me, who has emailed me, who has listened, who has subscribed. I feel like I have a couple of subscribers. Honestly, haven't really looked only because, like I said at the very beginning, I really wanted to do this podcast for myself, but I really feel that everybody can benefit in some way or fashion, but that wasn't gonna be my focus of my podcast. It was really, to be honest, just because I was too lazy to write a book and I'd like to be able to go back and listen to these sometime. But yeah, I just, I'm on episode nine, guys, and last time I checked, there was 52 weeks in a year, so I've got a couple more left in me. (laughs) Um, But this is where you come in. I would just love to get your feedback, and by feedback, I mean, What is a topic that you would like me to explore or you want to find out more about me? You know, send me a, I guess on my website, latinabarbie.com. You can put some feedback there. Let me know. You could subscribe. I don't even know, really. I think you can email me, actually. So I don't know. But um, I just... I'm in a really good place and it feels good to be doing this. And again, I wake up almost every other morning excited to write things down, excited to record, excited to edit. And I'll tell you, for every at least 30 minute episode that I put out, it takes about an hour and a half to two hours to edit. What I'm finding a lot is I can cut down on my editing time if I stop saying um and but we all know those as prepositions or filler words (laughs) so anyways thank you so much for tuning in in today and again I hope you enjoyed today's episode thanks guys hey everyone Latina Barbie here today's episode is on religion this episode actually came to me on Sunday. Um, This would have been Valentine's Day on Sunday. My husband and I were watching our online church from Emmanuel Faith Community Church and that's where I got this idea because so many questions still linger in my mind about religion and you'll learn from my journey why. (laughs) So let's get started. First off, I am trying to remember my very, very first memory of what church was and my family and I used to live in El Cajon off El Cajon Boulevard and like 42nd Street and somewhere along the lines of El Cajon Boulevard there is a beautiful church and I honestly I wish I could remember what it was called it was this big huge red brick church and it was beautiful 
I mean, it was like cathedral looking. My family would go there on Sundays, maybe Saturday nights, and we were, you know, pretty regularly going there. And my brothers and I went to catechism there because that's what we called it back then. I think it, it turned into CCD and now it's called Bible study or something. But anyways, it was catechism when we were going there. And I don't know why this one particular um, situation, like, kind of uh, sticks out in my life. There was a big five shoe store next door to the church. And for some reason, I just remember leaving a pair of tennis shoes on the bumper of my mom's truck at the time. It was like a 1974 Chevy. And we, I left a, a bag with brand new shoes on the bumper. And for some reason, I just remember looking at the church. It was so weird. So we drove off and um, yeah, I lost a pair of brand new tennis shoes somewhere along the lines between the church and my house. And I have no idea why I even bring that story up, but for some reason, I just remember looking at the church. Strange. From living there, we moved to Rancho Penasquitos and there was another church, Our Lady of Mount Carmel. Loved this church. It was a Catholic church. And then, well, I should say back then, there wasn't an actual church. We actually held services at Mount Carmel High School, which was the high school I was going to end up at. And all I remember is one time we were chosen as our family of five, we were chosen to do the, the Eucharist. And it was great. So we were chosen to um, bring the, the um, oh my gosh, I totally drew a blank, the gifts, the body of Christ and the, the blood of Christ down to the priest. And it was so cool because I was like, wow, like, you know me, like I, I love the attention. And so our family of five is walking down and I'm just like, wow, this is exciting. I love this. And I can't wait to do this again. And I say that because you'll, you'll learn. So we went down, we did it. It was fun. Um, and then the church started getting built. But let me just tell you back then with catechism, it was at the priest's house or we would have um, like a catechism leader, which is where I met a lot of the friends that I'm still friends with in elementary school. Because remember, growing up in P Rancho Penasquitos, there was four elementary schools, and so we all kind of combined when it came to catechism. So it was nice to meet other kids from other schools. And I have some pictures too, like, you guys, really dark pink pants with a lighter pink shirt. I, I have a picture of me with that, holding a Bible, like, oof. And I remember our first Holy Communion, I think I was in second grade and getting the white dress and having the whole ceremony at the priest's house. And it was cool. We had, I had, um, I had fun during catechism time. Cause it was like, you know, it was fun. Um, another memory was, um, as the church was being built, we would have a summer fair every summer. It was like so much fun. And it was kind of like the end of summer, beginning of the fall school year. And I would go to the church fair and I won um, a goldfish. One of those little goldfish that are, I know you're probably wondering, what does this have to do with, with religion? I'll get there. It was a, um, one of those gold, those uh, glass bowls where you have the goldfish in it and you throw the little white ball and it bounces, 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 and then it lands in one of the, um, one of the bowls and I, I got that. It was so, it was so cool. And I'll tell you when people say, oh, those goldfish don't last. I won that goldfish when I was maybe fifth, sixth grade. And I, I shit you not the day 
well, let me just back up. When my parents were separated and my dad ended up coming back to live with us, on that particular night that my dad came back to live with us, that goldfish died. I am telling you, that goldfish like flipped upside down and just died. Like, I don't know, maybe the goldfish was surprised that he was coming back. Whole other episode. Don't forget, I still owe you guys an episode on my mom and my dad. <laughs> so, um, yeah, growing up, we would go to church. It started dwindling down a little bit. We ended up just going to church on the holidays, um, trying to be good Catholics. But yeah, for some reason, and I can't say that we got busy as a family because we would go on Sundays. Or I think actually we did go on Saturdays, like at 5.30 mass. So it was just kind of like, you know, it just wasn't as important as it was maybe to my parents for us to go as we were, you know, living at the other place. Then fast forward a couple of years, I know my mom and I, when my parents did um, separate, and this, they hadn't been divorced yet because they didn't get divorced until I was 21. So the first time that they separated, my mom and I actually went to another church in Mira Mesa and they had bilingual services. So just for you, just so you know, I, I also speak Spanish and we would go to the Spanish mass again, Saturdays at 530. And that was fun because I just, it was a different crowd. And I think what it was, was I really liked being with my mom for that one hour. It was kind of our way of, of connecting because believe me, I blamed my mom and my dad for a lot of things growing up. So I'll get into that later. Um, but not later today's episode. I mean, later, like in like the next couple of Saturdays or something. So then, um, what else happened at church? I know in our freshman year in high school, my friend Sherry and I would go to dances at different churches, um, because she also went to a Catholic church also in Rancho Bernardo. So that was like our connection. And we went to a lot of dances and stuff. And that was fun because it always had good music. Um, that was my other church thing. Um, and then as I got older, and I'm just going to fast forward to after, oh no, I, I know. My junior year in high school, I remember a lot of people, especially like in U.S. history class, were talking about they were going to be getting confirmed. Well, by then, I had quit going to catechism, or by then it was called CCD. I think I stopped going to CCD after seventh grade, eighth grade maybe. I think just, I just got busy. How does an eighth grader just get busy? So yeah, I just um, I just remember people talking about confirmation and that was just something I wasn't part of, but I wanted to be, but I didn't know why I wanted to be, but it seemed like everybody was doing it. So why wasn't I? Does that make sense? <laughs> question mark, question mark. <laughs> so, and there's another reason why I just mentioned that too. Wink, wink, it's coming. So my best friend, Chandra, moved to UC Irvine. This Now, now we're talking college. And she went to a... Sunday mass, I believe it was. And she invited me, it was Catholic and she invited me and it was held in this like little building and stuff. But the guy that was, there was a guy that was there that was really cute. So, I mean, come on, you guys, do you need any more motivation to go to church? So every Sunday I would drive a good hour cause I was living in San Diego and I would drive to UC Irvine and hang out with Chandra and we would go to church together. So there was that, that also. Don't ask me if I learned anything because I can't remember. I was just looking at the guy. So then um, the other thing also was, as I had talk, talked to you guys in two episodes away, uh, ago about funerals and things like that, you know, that's when I realized what Catholic funerals were all about. So what happens in Catholicism is there's a viewing 
the night before the actual burial. And the viewing, it's, it's, oh, my husband is just, he's calling me. It's early morning. Let me just write recording. So, <laughs> so, and there's, a, anyways, so uh, back to the funerals. So there's a viewing on Fridays and then Saturday is the actual burial. And Friday, it's like, um, the way it goes is usually like there's a half an hour where just it's a private viewing where the immediate family is invited to say one last goodbye. And then friends and family come in and it's usually like, I don't know, like five to five thirty, and then the viewing is like five thirty to you know eight, nine o'clock at night. It depends on I guess how many people come. It's not like they're gonna like close it down when people are still coming. And then like at seven o'clock or something that evening, the rosary starts, and it's the rosary for a whole hour. Now I'm just going to say this, and I don't want to be insensitive to any religion, but I will tell you, part of my funeral. Like I told you guys before, I want a humongous celebration. You know, you guys can say the rosary all you want, but just like, don't make it an hour. It's just too long. It's too long. And I, I want, you know, anyways, that's all I'm going to say. So um, that was the one last goodbye. Um, but along the way, I went on two dates with two different guys. And one, one date, the guy brought me a book called The Alchemist. I read it and I fell in love with it. It was it's about a shepherd who kind of realizes that he thinks he's like quote unquote going to be happy at the end of his journey when really the book is all about his whole journey and how he just has to find happiness throughout his journey while he's trying to find the end of it if that makes sense. After reading that book it was like it resonated with me because I I never really put religion in the forefront of my life. I mean, I believe in God, I, I, I believe, but I feel like as I got older, it just kind of got simpler. Like, you know, like, oh, okay, so just ba basically you wake up and you're happy and you try to find the goodness in everything. And that was pretty much good for me. So that was The Alchemist. It was by Paulo Coelho, Col Col Coelho. I forgot, I don't know how to say his last name. Then another date, I remember he brought me a book. Um, we met at Borders. I don't know if anybody remembers that bookstore back then when there was actual hardcover books that you couldn't, you know, listen to on Audible. And I remember meeting him up at Borders bookstore and he brought me The Four Agreements. Now this book, I think I got in my early 20s. And this is pretty much the type of book where I really lived my life for the next 20, 25 years. In fact, I still believe in the four agreements and here they are. The first one, be impeccable with your word. The way I translate that is like basically your word is everything. I mean, you can have zero clothes, no roof, but you always have your word when you promise things, when you say things. Um, the second thing also is don't take anything personally. Now this is a hard one for me because as I learned in marriage, how could you not, right? There's two people living in a house. And if one person's having a bad day, of course I take it personal. Like I wanna be around me. So I, that's, that's like a work in progress for me. That's don't take anything personal. Um, and now I try to teach my nieces and nephews the same thing. Like, hey, if someone's mean to you and stuff like that, it's not about you. It's hard when you're a kid. Uh, number three, don't make assumptions. This was something I really was like struggling with because how many of us, and raise your hand, 
How many of us assume things? And by assuming, I mean, how many of us have that great gift of conjuring up a whole entire story about something, someone, something said, somebody said, whatever, and it's all living in our head. Those are assumptions. So I'm sure a lot of us have to work on those things. <laughs> Although sometimes a story that I conjure up in my head is much more exciting. Um, then the, the fourth agreement is um, always do your best. I mean, that's, I mean, didn't we learn that when we were playing sports? It doesn't matter if you win or lose, just always do your best. So that's the four agreements and the author is Don Miguel Ruiz. And if you've, I'm sure you've heard of it, but if you haven't, read it. It's such a great book and it's so easy. It's like, really? Duh. This is how I'm supposed to live? Okay. So then when I moved to Los Angeles, uh, Chandra was actually living at, um, I think she was doing her master's at UCLA and, um, you know, I'm her son's godmother, fairy godmother, and uh, to Tyler. And on Sundays, I would go to the Catholic church with them. And it was a really pretty church. I think it was like in Santa Monica somewhere. Anyways, I'm almost shamed to tell you this, but they had the best donuts. Like I literally have found myself a means to an end, meaning I will run 10 miles if it means I'm going to get a treat at the end. I will go to church if it means I'm getting myself a treat. I will do hard things if it means I have something to look forward to. So that was my whole Los Angeles uh, when I was living in LA of going to Catholic churches. And um, yeah, it was just, I mean, I just remember they had really good churches. So I didn't really go to church that much for the nine years I was living in Los Angeles. Um, and then when I moved back down to, actually that's not true. I remember going to a couple of masses because the boyfriend at the time, his mom went to church and I was trying to score major points with her. So of course, I mean, of course I'm going to go and be like, you know, working on my future daughter-in-law status, which never came to fruition, which I'm okay now. Um, I'm okay with. Um, and that was the only time. And then I moved back down to San Diego and I was going to St. Michael's. So what happened was I moved back down in August of 2008. I met my husband in October of 2008. We moved in 10 days later. I know that's a whole other story after we met and he and his mom, well, his mom was very, um, you know, involved in the church up in Culver city. And so my husband, Giancarlo, he also went to church when he had a chance to go with his mom, um, even though he'd have to drive two hours, but he, he wanted to make church a priority. And so, uh, we were going to St. Michael's and after going to St. Michael's, we had gotten engaged. Um, of course we wanted to have our services at St. Michael's, but we had to get confirmed first. Now he wasn't confirmed either. And I had never gotten confirmed. So it was like a, a very, um, accelerated program of getting confirmed. So just so you know, we, we met like in October and I think in April, the following year, we were actually involved with a confirmation service and my sister-in-law Trina, uh, became our sponsor. So it was cool. Like my mom and dad came, Giancarlo's sister came, his mom came and it was a huge ceremony. We went and confessed our sins to the priest. It was just this really cool evening and you know, our ends to the mean, our means to the end. Yeah. Means to the end was we eventually knew we were going to get married and 
in order to get for us to get married at St. Michael's, we had to be confirmed. It was one of the sacraments. So we did all that. And then um, after we got engaged, which was about another year later, we met with a priest. And, you know, not to get not to get too personal. I mean, really, who am I? Um, <laughs> to get personal, uh, my husband has a daughter. And after, um, he was never married prior to, but he has a daughter, Gianna, who I just adore. She's like 25 now, I think. I don't She was born in 95. Um, oh my gosh, she's going to be 26 this year. Anyway, she's in the army. So he had a vasectomy as soon as probably within the year that she was born. He had a vasectomy. And I was okay with that because I always knew I didn't want children. So, I mean, thank God for my brothers. When we told the priest that Giancarlo had a vasectomy, the priest looked at us and was like, oh, oh, well, so you aren't going to procreate together. And we were like, no. And I mean, that was a choice that, there was two choices made. One was his vasectomy and my choice was not to have kids. So. He literally, Dr. Uh, not Dr. Father Mel, love Father Mel. He literally told us that um, he would have to get back to us as far as whether he could um, do the ceremony in a Catholic church because it was quote unquote, you know, I don't want to say the word sin, but it was preventing us from procreate, which according to the Bible is the number one reason to, you know, I don't know, get married. I just threw that in there. So we waited. And, you know, poor Giancarlo, it was just like, did I, I mean, he literally asked the priest, did I commit a sin? And he's like, well, and I'm like, oh, geez. So literally, Do uh, Father Mel asked the Archdiocese of San Diego if he was able to do the ceremony. And I remember I was at work up at, up in North Hollywood, because I still commuted like once a week, I would go up there and spend the night. And I remember getting the call and he said, yes, he says, well, we can go ahead and go forward with the ceremony. And to tell you the truth, like it was great. I was super happy that he gave us the green light, but on the flip side, it was like, huh, huh. Kind of made me think about the Catholic church in a different way, if you, if you know what I mean. Like, it was like, wow, like at what point do we get to choose over our body? And remember, I'm like 35, 36 years old now. So a lot of things came into question and this was just one of them. And then, um, I don't know if you guys remember, but they used to have like those marriage encounter stickers on the bumpers of cars. And I always wondered like what it was. I knew my parents went to marriage encounter and that didn't do anything <laughs> because they still got divorced. But um, I, Giancarlo and I went away for the weekend and I was more like, I wanted to do the proper steps. Like I was excited about going to engagement encounter and getting in touch with our feelings and you know, he and I, we, did we stay? I don't think we stayed in the same. No, I don't think we stayed in the same room. No, we did not because we weren't married yet. And according to the Bible, you shouldn't have sex prior to marriage. <sighs> so, um, let's just say it was, it was, it was a great weekend for me because I just, I really connected with Giancarlo by literally the second day, Giancarlo was done writing. He's like, can I just tell you how I feel instead of having to write all these things down? He's just not much of a writer. <laughs> so, um, but there was one, um, thing where I want to tell you that I, it just like, it carried with me and it was, I think on the last night and we were all in this chapel and the chapel was just, oh my gosh, it was beautifully lit with all these candles and father, oh, who was the father? I don't know. He was like up in Ramona. He was really cool. 
and he instructed all the, the couples to put our hands, to hold hands, to put our hands in each other's hands. And as he was speaking, you were, you were to kind of just explore each other's hands of what the hands look like and how, what they look like now and how they will age. And as marriage goes through the processes and things like that, that the hands are the ones that are going to age and how what you see in front of you now, it's going to age. The face will age, the hands will age, the, fa the, the, the body will age and how there's that connection between the two souls, the two hearts that will always keep you together. And that one really hit hard because, you know, think about it. If you're married now or you're dating somebody and you're just holding hands and it's great, but when you get married, we all go through these physical changes. And I know like in our 20s, and I, I mean, if you guys listen to my dating, I was very like, remember the guy with the walk and the guy with the laugh? But that wouldn't have mattered at 35, 36 years old. It was all about what was in the heart and the, the soul. Because remember, I mean, not remember, but John Carl and I were both not damaged, but we both came with baggage of different relationships. So it was really refreshing and like the shit just got real when um, you're holding your partner's hands and you're like kind of like just checking them out and really just looking at them. It was just really, it was a beautiful moment actually. It was really pretty. So that was engagement encounter. We got we got married on uh, 10910 and it was a beautiful Catholic um, ceremony, all the proper songs, you know, Ava Maria, you know, um, really nice. And then um, we moved to Escondido and Giancarlo continued going to church and I stopped. I just, there was something so rigid and cold about this church. It was St. Mary's in Escondido. It's beautiful. I mean, it's a beautiful church, but it's kind of like, you know, like as a child, I remember like I could li literally like know when the sermon was over and then what was next only because I was like done with it already. I get bored very quickly. And when you're going to mass every single Sunday and it's the same thing and I just, I needed something different. So I ended up not coming, not going to church with Giancarlo a lot on sat on Sundays because he would go Sunday morning and I don't even know what I did. I think I went and walked Miramar Lake or something while he was at church. It was just a very impersonal, cold feeling. Nothing about people saying hello to each other and just how are you. It wasn't that. It, it just, it wasn't that. I will tell you, um, I went, I did go to church one time with Giancarlo. It was on a Sunday and this particular Sunday was also the last Sunday I went to church with him at St. Mary's. The reason being was, um, now don't get me wrong, just because I didn't go to church didn't mean I didn't pray, because I still, I mean, I pray every night. Um, but I wanted just to go to church because I had an extra special prayer that I needed to say um, about my husband. So my husband had a, it's called a triple A, an aortic aneurysm no ascending aortic aneurysm he was going to go to surgery that wednesday Whew. he was going to have open heart surgery and i remember on that sunday i just prayed to god and i said listen <laughs> listen god <laughs> uh john carlo is not mine 
he is yours. And whatever happens on that operating table is what is supposed to happen, basically. I mean, when you think about it, you guys, we can fight it, but it's just much easier on us to accept it, that the way it's happening is supposed to happen this way. So I just prayed to God and I just said, listen, whatever happens on that operating table is what I will accept because that was your decision. And um, that was it. I just felt like this sense of relief of everything is going to be fine, either, either outcome. I mean, granted, of course, I didn't want my husband to pass away on that freaking operating table, but I also had to dig deep and my faith came through and obviously he was fine. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, and it's so funny because even to this day, my husband will be like, you didn't even care that I was on the operating table. And it's funny that he of all people say that because I find that at that moment, I had more faith in the God in the hands of God, by the way, shameless plug. That's a really good show on prime video. I had more faith in, in God, in his decisions than I think Giancarlo at that moment. Um, I wasn't scared, you guys. I was accepting. And when he came out, I, I mean, it was very happy. So there was that one prayer. And um, so, oh, thank God he was fine. <laughs> so then fast forward another two years, um, you know, Giancarlo at that time just really, really got involved with um, just going to church, not the actual church itself, but just really still con continuing going to church and giving his thanks and everything. And to me, it's just, I didn't need a place to go worship because I literally worshiped almost every day. So there you go. Then our neighbors invited us to um, the place that we go now, Emmanuel Faith Community Church. And I'm telling you, we walked on to this church and I don't even know if it's called a church or community church. Yeah, community church. We walked on. And the first person we meet was the first owner of the house that we live in now. And we went to um, the mass, or I don't even know if they call it mass, but it was so cool. We went into this little chapel off the big, big church. And first of all, I got to drink, bring a cup of hot coffee into this into this um, service, I guess it's called service. And there's something about, and I, I know I'm going off on a tangent, but there's something very um, comforting to me of having a hot cup of coffee in my hands. For instance, when I see my therapist, when I used to go see her when it was before COVID, I always had a hot cup of tea or a hot cup of coffee in my hands while I was there for a whole hour. Um, Weight Watchers, I weigh in, I go next door, I get my hot cup of coffee, and then I we do our meeting. And with church, I was able to do it. Any other Catholic church, I wasn't able to bring in a hot cup of coffee. So there was one plus. Second was, it was a younger crowd, meaning it was like the ages of 20 to 45, maybe 50, but the music was the same type of music that my husband listened to on the radio on a station called K-Love. So it was really cool to be able to recognize some of the songs because they had a full band of like five, six people. They had a full band and they played music for the first 30 minutes. And then the pastor would come on and talk about, you know, whatever the, the sermon was for that day. I'm telling you, I, I totally felt at home. Everybody was so welcoming. 
Again, the music was awesome. I was drinking hot coffee. I was cozy. Like I looked forward to going every single Sunday. It was it was fun. You know, I walked out of there the first time and I told Giancarlo, I said, I'm we're going. We're coming here. Like this is a place that I can go to. <laughs> and so um, we did every Sunday we were there. Like it was something it, and it was it wasn't so much about like all the scriptures and it was more like for some reason, I was able to relate to whatever the pastor was talking about at that time. It like it was almost like a, one of those motivational speakers, and they they spoke with passion, but not like a passion of like old school passion, if that makes sense. It was more like young passion about li living, about God, about like just belief. So, um, yeah, it was it was very cool. Now, since then, I've not even since then, since really since I was a kid, since middle school, high school, you know, a lot of questions come up about, you know, certain topics. I'm not going to get too much into topics, but let's just say there's a lot of things that the Bible do not condone. And I'm sure you can draw in your own, um, fill in your own blanks, but there's a lot of questions and things that you shouldn't believe this. The Bible doesn't believe this and blah, 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 blah. And to me, it's very simple. God created everything. So he created everything, period. If God didn't want that on this earth, he wouldn't have created it, period. That's all I'm gonna say, because however you believe about whatever that you need to believe, that's fine. There's a lot of things in the Bible that I don't believe that God intended to say, but he did, and that's, that's the end of it. Now back to praying, I do pray every night, and the prayer goes like this. Jesus, thank you so much for giving me another day with my mom, my dad, my mother-in-law, and all my friends and family. I'm so happy that I got to live another day with them. And that's my prayer. Then I follow it up with, you know, anybody who needs what I call shout outs to Jesus. I go, and I always, I tell them, I go, oh, hey Jesus, I go, here are the shout outs that I need you to kind of just, you know, <laughs> pay a little extra attention to. But just so you know, I pray for everybody whose life I have touched and everybody's life who has touched mine. That's my prayer. I also, every morning when I, um, after I drink my coffee and I just kind of like regroup myself in the mornings, I read two books. One is um, Your Words Are Powerful, Be Careful What You Speak. And it's like a daily devotional book. And then the second book is uh, Jesus Calling. Because um, I always kind of have to be recentered, regrounded. Yeah, that's, that's where I'm at with um, my religion. So, you know, as you can tell, my Catholicism, Christianity, you know, my religion, religious journey has kind of brought me down to one thing. It doesn't really matter who you follow. There's no religion that's right. It's only like the religion that's right for you. You know, it's kind of like a diet, you know, as long as it works for you and you're consistent then it's fine. <laughs> so I just realized that like religion and dieting kind of go hand in hand. <laughs> so, but in true Latina Barbie fashion, there's always some type of lesson I want to walk away with. I want you to walk away with. And that is everything that we learned about life is truly what we learned in kindergarten. And what was the first, one of the big things that I learned in kindergarten was treat people how you want to be treated. That's it. It is as simple as that going through life.
I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I'm Latina Barbie. Don't forget to subscribe and have the most wonderful day that you deserve. Mwah.